let's, uh, let's dive in today. We just started a series, and it is called More Than Money. Somebody say, More Than Money. It's not about money, and yet so many people in church, we make it like it is, all right? We're talking about finances. The Bible talks a whole lot about our finances, really does, almost more than just about anything else, surprisingly. There's almost 2,000 verses that talk about finances in the Bible, uh, and yet we don't really like to talk about finances in the church, okay? And uh, last week we talked about, there's a bunch of reasons why I think that is, but ultimately I believe it's because Really, just honestly, we're selfish natured. Like we're selfish people. We want to keep what's ours. Like I worked hard for this. It's mine, right? But we talked about last week that ultimately generosity begins with a grateful heart. Amen. And understanding what Jesus has done for us, understanding that God gave a son for you and for me. And so uh, today I want to continue this and we'll talk a little bit more next week kind of more like the nitty gritty of tithing and giving. A lot of people uh, have uh, confusion on what the New Testament and the Old Testament says about giving and generosity and tithing. Are we supposed to do it? Are we not supposed to do it? Are we commanded to do it? Am I going to be cursed if I don't, right? Like, okay, we're going to talk about that next week, I promise. Uh, But this week, I want to bring you a message called the first and the best. Somebody say the first and the best. So I'm going to read to you from Genesis 4 two through seven, and I want you to follow along with me as we go through the story of Cain and Abel. Here we go. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. The Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Let's pray real quick as we get into this. Father God, I just pray right now that your spirit would move in this room today, that you would speak to somebody You would help us to be a generous church, generous people, just like you and your son, Jesus Christ. Open up our eyes, ears, and hearts. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen, amen. Amen. So we know the story of Cain and Abel. It's a tough story to read because it, it actually describes the very first murder that is in all of Scripture. And there is a lot of it in all of Scripture. And it's a tough one because Cain is upset that God does not accept his offering above his brother, Abel. So he ends up going out and, and killing his brother because of all kinds of different things that's within him. And, but what do we find immediately in this passage of scripture when we look to it? The first thing that I kind of notice is that there is implied that there is a right way to give to God and a wrong way to give to God. That's the first thing you see. There's a right way and a wrong way. And I want to you know, submit to you the very first point today, if you're taking notes, is that God expects that we will give to him and his work with the right attitude and with the right actions. With the right attitude and the right actions. How many of you know that every action that you ever take has an attitude attached to it, right? And every attitude that you have leads to uh, maybe a certain action that you will take. And so God expects that we're going to give with the right attitude, also with the right actions, 
Now, some people will try to figure out, and, and I can understand the debate here of like, why did God not accept Cain's, but did accept Abel's offering? Why did he accept Abel's, but not Cain's? I don't really understand why God would you do that? And some people would suggest that the reason that Cain's offering was not accepted was because it was not the right kind of offering. Well, that it needed to be a, a blood sacrifice, not of, uh, not of crops. So what do we know about Cain and Abel? Well, Cain was a farmer. He worked with crops. He did not work with animals. And his brother Abel was a shepherd. He worked with the flocks. He was a, uh, uh, that's what he did. He worked with the lambs, with the donkeys, with all the different animals that God had entrusted them with. And so people suggesting in a sense that, that Cain was supposed to actually take maybe one of his brother's animals and sacrifice, it doesn't really make sense because God asks us to bring of what we have, right? And so I don't really think that that's a great argument that he was supposed to bring a blood sacrifice because he was a farmer. It wouldn't have made sense for Cain to do that. Uh, the second thing that people might suggest is that God didn't accept it because his heart was not in the right place. To be honest, that's true. We know that his heart was not in the right place. In other areas of scripture, we'll see that in just a moment. His heart most certainly was not in the right place when he gave this offering, but it wasn't his heart that God condemned. It was his actions that God condemned. Go back and look at it. It says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do. So what does that imply? That he did not do the thing that he was supposed to do. And so Cain ends up killing his brother Abel because he was embarrassed. He was mad that God called him out on this. And he was jealous of his brother. And ultimately, we know that he was stuck in selfishness and in sin. What, what did he talk about last week? That we are ultimately sinful and selfish. Those are the two things that we are. And this is what Satan is. That like he is sinful, he is selfish, and God is what? Generous. Satan is selfish, God is generous. We want to be more like Christ. We got to be more generous. And yet... This is the problem that we see in Cain's heart. Yes, his heart was in a bad place, but it led to a bad action. And 1 John actually clarifies why Cain murdered Abel. Let's read it together. 1 John 3, 12. Do not be like Cain. I don't think it could be any clearer than that. Don't be like him who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own what? Actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So it was his actions that were evil. Was his heart in the wrong place? Yes, but that's not what God condemned. So what was the wrong action? I believe it's that he disobeyed God's commands to give correctly to him. Now, do we see any kind of commands in scripture on where God tells them to give a certain way or anything like that? No, we don't, we don't know that. We don't see that in scripture. That's nowhere to be found. But it's obvious, it's implied that God had told them to do something and that Cain did not do the right thing, right? It seems pretty obvious. God had given them a command. Cain did not do it. His brother Abel did. And that was the problem that God had with him. It was his attitude, that, a bad attitude that led to a bad action. And I believe the bad action was is that he gave an offering, but not the right offering. He gave an offering, but it wasn't the right offering. And it wasn't the blood offering that a lot of people might say, look at this again. In verse three, it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. You see that? He brought some of the fruits. And Abel also brought an offering. And it kind of contrasts with Abel's offering here by saying, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. 
Now, if you look to other areas of scripture, you'll see that there is a, a word that's used and it is called first fruits. You ever heard that before? The first fruits, bring the first fruits. What do they choose to say here instead of first fruits? He says he brought some of the fruit. But yet it contrasts with Abel says, man, he brought the fat portions, like the good, the best of the best from the firstborn of his flock. So Abel gave his firstborn, but Cain did not give his first fruits. And that was the problem. Cain gave some, but not the first and certainly not the best. And this is where we get this idea of the principle of first. If you're taking notes, write this down, the principle of first. I want you to know this. We like the idea of first, right? Like who wants to come in second place? Anybody? Anybody? No, that's what I thought. Like no one wants the silver or the bronze medal. Like we want the gold. We want to be at the top of the podium. I don't like being second in anything, but we celebrate all kinds of firsts, right? The first day of school is a great day that we like to celebrate. Um, send the kids back off to the teachers to deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, get them out of here. We've had a whole summer with them. Praise God for them, but get them out, right? We celebrate. We take pictures. It's so cute. And, uh, and we take a picture every first, and then we make like this cheesy montage and post it on their 18th birthday, and everybody's crying. You know, like all the first days of school that they've had ever since they were a kid. But we celebrate that, and it's a good thing. First day of a new job, maybe. Hey, like, have an uh, office party or something like that, or maybe you have a, a nice dinner with your spouse uh, when you get home, first day of that new job you've been waiting for. Uh, the first day of the year, New Year's Day, right? Like we always celebrate this, this idea of this freshness. It's new, it's a first, man. It's exciting, it's a good thing we celebrate that. And, and then the best uh, first, I think, of course, is the first of the month when we get paid. Come on, somebody, now we get that paper and that's when we celebrate, okay? But there's a lot of first. Uh, the first child, Man, you know when you had your first kid, right? Like you, you just, you don't even know what you're doing, right? But you're just so happy that you had this child. And then the second child comes along and then the third one was just an accident. And like, you know, it's like, glad you're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the first one, really, and honestly, you know what I mean? We love all our kiddos, but there's just something about that first one, right? That was just so, like, man, we don't have any clue what's happening right now. This is crazy. Like, you know, God's given us his gift and we're gonna start this journey of being parents now and, we got to figure this thing out. Got to take them home. They don't even give you an instruction manual. What are we supposed to do with this thing, right? But we celebrate that. Uh, a few other firsts that I think are really cool. Jackie Robinson, come on now, was the first uh, black man to play in the MLB in the modern era anyway. And we celebrate that. It's so cool. Another first, my man Alfred over here is wearing the Texas Rangers hat. Come on, baby. Now we got the Texas Rangers won the very first World Series championship. It took them long enough. Come on now. But they won and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Why? Because we like to be first, not second, not third. The Astros can be second and third this time. Come on, the Rangers are first. I don't like being second place. I'm very competitive, all right? You put me in any sport, I will be first, okay? Like you put me up against anybody, I will dominate you, all right? And I don't care what it is. I will learn every last little technique and every rule until I will destroy you from the, you might've been playing it for 20 years. I will come in day one and I will try to destroy you and take everything from you, okay? Like very, very competitive, okay? I like to be first. I like to be first. Uh, I don't think anybody likes to be second. But let me tell you, 
as much as I like to be first, as much as the Rangers are first, we celebrate whoever wins the Super Bowl and we celebrate the first job and the first payday, the first kid and all this other stuff. Guys, there's only one person in this world that comes in first place and gets the gold medal every single time. And his name is God the Father, amen? Like he comes in first in every area of our lives. He should be put first, not second, not third, certainly not last, guys. Where does God belong in our lives? First, amen? And so, why did God not accept Cain's offering? Because Cain put him in second place. God cannot come in second place, y'all. This is not a part of his nature. It's not what he does. He's first. He is what the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He was the beginning. Like before anything else was, he was. He's first. He can't come in second. He doesn't accept leftovers. And yet, so many times what we do is we bring leftovers to the king's table and think that that's gonna be okay. Seriously, this is what we do. Malachi 1, God is actually talking, we're not gonna put it up on the screen, let me summarize it. Malachi 1, God is talking to his people. And he says, you have brought me lame, blind, and sick animals to sacrifice to me. And do you not know that this is wrong? Like, you guys know that this is wrong. Like, I've told you that this is wrong. This is a part of the law. You know you're not supposed to be doing this and yet you're bringing these sick, blind, and lame animals to me. Guys, what are you doing? And then he goes on to say even further, not just reprimanding them for doing it, but he says, I cannot accept this offering. He's like, I'd rather you just not even bring it if you're not gonna bring the right thing. Don't bring your half-hearted offering to me. I want all of you. I want your entire life. I want you to put me first in every single area of your life. Don't half-butt this thing, guys. I need you to be all in. And so this is what we do. We bring leftovers to the king's table. And, and what does that look like practically? Okay, well, all right. You have your, uh, your automatic payments that go out for everything, right? And you pay the mortgage maybe. Uh, you pay the utilities, the car payment, the groceries, the internet. Then you have the Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, HBO, ESPN, Disney, 62 other streaming services. And then we're like, God, you know, I have a little bit left. Here you go. That's what we do, right? So what was the principle of first? Where did we give our first fruits to? The mortgage company. And this is what God says. He's like, guys, I, I can't accept this. This is not your best. This is not your first. And so God does not ask us to bring some. And I think this is where Cain went off, is that he brought some, but not his best. And that's what God is calling us to do. Let me read it to you in Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the what? Somebody say it. First fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What is he saying here? He's saying, guys, bring your best and your first to God and then God will bless you. We don't do it because of the blessing that God's gonna give us, but it is a principle that when you sow, you will reap. When you sow into the kingdom of God, you'll reap the kingdom of God. Like this is gonna be a good thing for you. He will bless you. Exodus 23, 19, I love this one. This is probably my favorite. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Notice, where did they bring the first fruits to? To the house of God. This is just one of many passages that show us, hey, this is why we give to the house of God. This is where God makes his presence rest. This is where he makes himself known. And this is where we bring our tithe. This is where we bring our offerings to, is to the house of God. And so, I love this though, because it doesn't just say they brought their first fruits. It says they brought the best of the first. 
they took that first fruits and they said, you know what, this is all great, but man, there's really a few of these things in here that are just really, really nice. And this is what I wanna give to God. Let me submit this to you today that when you bring your first and best, God is faithful to bless the rest, amen? When you bring your first and best, God is faithful to bless the rest. And this is why we tithe as believers. This is why we give to the house of God. We give the first 10%, because I believe your 90% with God's blessing will go farther than 100% without it. Seriously, 90% with God's blessing will go much farther than 100% without God's blessing. I bring my first and my best to the house of God for the people of God then to advance the kingdom of God. So I bring my first and best to the house of God for the people of God to advance the kingdom of God. So let me show you uh, this principle in a way that maybe you've never seen before. I want to show you this principle. Exodus 13, 1 through 2. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. Now, if you read this in the Hebrew, there's a few different ways you can translate it. It says, belongs to me. Another way it says is, it is mine. Like, they are mine. Like, they're not yours. Like, you can't decide, oh, well, maybe I might give this. Maybe I might not. No, he's like, hey, the firstborn of the humans and the animals, they all belong to me. This is what we're to do, is that we're to dedicate all of them to God. They're mine, not yours, okay? And so I wanna continue reading on here. Exodus 13, 12 through 13, a little bit farther down, it says, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. And all y'all are like, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what are we talking about here? Let me break this down for you. I'm gonna give you a point and then I'm gonna break down what it means. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So there's two animals that are given here. Two different kinds of animals we're talking about. There's a donkey and then there's a lamb. Now, if you might know in the Old Testament, uh, they had different kinds of sacrifices, but they had ways of doing these sacrifices that were right and wrong. This is what God said. And so the donkey was seen as an unclean animal, not a clean animal. But the lamb was seen as a clean animal. And so the clean firstborn animal had to be sacrificed. For example, a lamb has a firstborn lamb. That lamb has to be sacrificed. All right, same page for a little bit. Okay, here we go. Now, the unclean animal, its firstborn has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. So a donkey has a firstborn donkey. And you don't kill the donkey. But what he's saying is, is you actually take a lamb and you sacrifice the lamb for the donkey. Does that make sense? But he says in this passage, it's like, hey, if you're not going to redeem this donkey, then you have to break its neck. So it's saying, hey, you're gonna lose it either way. But if you choose to redeem it with a lamb, then, then you can keep the donkey, you're good to go. Now, let me do a little bit of Bible trivia with you today. 
when you were born into this world, okay, spiritually, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. He said, yes, I got it. There we go. If you don't know the answer, just shout Jesus. Like 90% of the time, you're good. But we were born what? Unclean. What does the Bible say? That we were all born sinners, right? We're all born into this world, this broken world of sin. And, and we're all born sinners ultimately. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. It all goes back to the very beginning in Genesis when Adam and Eve eat of the apple of the tree they're not supposed to and Satan deceives them and sin enters into this world. It was never supposed to be this way and yet this is where we find ourselves. Now, let me, if you don't believe that, give me a second. Parents, you're the experts here, okay? Uh, did you have to ever teach your children to be bad? <laughs> I, they figure it out all on their own, right? You know what I mean? Like they start getting about two and three and they start saying, no, our girl Tegan, she's, She's almost two, right? She starts yelling no at me now, but it's so cute. It's hard, to, it's hard to get upset at her about it. She's like, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, girl, right? this world is yours. You can have it. I'm just living in it, okay? And, uh, but you don't have to teach your kids to be bad. Like they figure that out all on their own. And so we're born unclean. Now, if, if clean has to be sacrificed for the unclean, and I, th- I hope that some of you are getting ahead of me here, all right? Who is Jesus? The perfect, spotless lamb of God. That's what the word of God calls him, right? Perfect, spotless lamb of God. Never sinned, never messed up, was tempted in every single way that you and I were tempted. Went out to the desert for 40 days. Satan tempts him, tries to get him to fail, tries to get him to make himself unclean spiritually. And yet he was the only one that's ever been born clean and stayed clean for his entire life. Jesus, the spotless, perfect lamb of God was sacrificed for the unclean, which was you and for me. We're on the same page now, we got it? There it is. For those of you that didn't know, there it is. Let me put it to you simply. God gave his first and best to us, so we give our first and best to him. Amen? God gave his first and only son for us, And so we give our first and best back to God. This is just what we do as Christ followers. It starts with where? Your heart. We talked about it last week and I just wanna drill this into every single one of our heads is that the reason why we give is because we're grateful for what Jesus has done for us. When you understand these things and you understand that Jesus was perfect, He never did anything wrong. He didn't deserve the death that he went through and yet he chose to do it anyway so that he could redeem me so that I could now have life and life more abundantly. Come on, like how could I not give back to God? How could I not give of my time and my finances and all my resources and, and have the right attitude attached with the right actions, right? This is where Cain messes up. Starts with a bad attitude, He didn't want to give his best. Why? Because he was selfish. Like, this is mine. I don't want to give my best to God. I'm going to keep it for myself. And then God says, your actions are wrong. But it started with his heart. You get your heart in the right place, your actions will follow. And so this is why we give. When I realized that God gave his first and best, God gave his one and only son for me, how could I withhold my first and best from him? That's why we say, I give because... He gave, not my leftovers, my best. I bring my best to the king's table. 
Why? Because he's simply worthy of it. Amen? A little bit farther down in this passage, right after all this donkey and lamb weird stuff, it says this in verse 14. This is God talking once again. It says, in days to come, when your son asks you, what does all this mean? How many of y'all were confused when I started talking about the lambs and the donkeys and all that stuff? How many of y'all know that a child would be way more confused if he was actually watching it happen, okay? Very confusing. So it says, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord, the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. Now, you gotta put yourself in the son's situation here and his shoes for a minute. He is hanging out with his pops. And then the lamb, they've been, this lamb has been pregnant for a while and the lamb finally has the firstborn. And the son's like, dad, dad, the lamb, it's pregnant, it's finally having this baby. It's having this lamb, it's gonna be amazing. Come on, let's go everybody. The son runs out there with the dad and the family's going out. And then the lamb is born. And then the dad just picks up the lamb and kills it. Son's like, you're crazy. (laughs) What's wrong with you, dad? Why are you doing that? And then it happens over and over again. And then the firstborn donkey is born, but he doesn't kill the firstborn donkey. He goes and takes another lamb and kills it. And he's like, okay, now that just does not seem fair, dad. Hold on a second. Like, what's, what did the lambs ever do to you? Why are you persecuting them, okay? Why don't you ever kill the donkeys? It says one day the son's gonna come and ask, hey, why are you doing this, dad? This doesn't make any sense. And he's gonna say, you know what, son? There was a time when we were not ranchers. You know, your great-grandfather was actually a slave. Did you know that? No, dad, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a slave in Egypt. That's where our ancestors lived. And all this stuff that you see here today, all these animals and all this money and all the crops and everything that we own, we didn't have any of this. That's where our family came from. But then what does it say that we're supposed to do? But God, with a mighty hand, saved us out of Egypt and brought us to this land and gave us everything that we have here today. That is why I freely give. That's why we offer these sacrifices to God because everything we have comes from Him, son. That's powerful. And you know, we're about to do our miracle offering in a couple of weeks. And this is something we do every year in December. It's kind of our end of year annual uh, offering that we give. And we get to do this all together and we'll bring all of our offering up to the front. It's really fun. Everybody just kind of brings it up to the front and drops it in the same thing. And it's kind of this unifying act of saying, hey, we're bringing our first and our best to God so that people can find Jesus all around the world. It's just a blast. I love getting to do it. We show a great video with all the organizations that we're supporting. Amazing. My son is five right now. He asks a lot of questions. (laughs) And I think one day he's gonna ask, Dad, I saw 
the amount of money that you put into that envelope and are giving to the church, that's a lot. Why are you doing that? Like, I need a new Xbox for Christmas and you're giving all of it to the church, dad. Like, what's going on here? Why do you give so much to the church? Why do we do that? And you know what I'm gonna be able to tell him? I mean, hey son, sit down, I gotta tell you something. You know, there was a time when your dad was not living for God completely. I knew God all growing up, but there was a time where I was running away from God's plan for my life and what he had for me and, and his best for me and understanding that Jesus died for me. And, and you know, but I was making mistakes and doing all the wrong things, but then God with a mighty hand slapped your daddy right across the face and said, what are you doing? Come back to me. And I came back to God and I was able to step into the fullness of everything and the destiny and the plan that he had for me. And you know, everything that we have now, son, God has given us all of it. I'm even having those conversations with him now as a five-year-old, like, and why do we pray, dad? Well, because God gave us his house that we live in and our cars and, and all your toys that you have and everything that we own, it all, it all belongs to Jesus, buddy. And that's why we pray every night before you go to sleep. We say, thank you, God, for my family. And I've told him, I said, man, Oakland, God gave me your mommy. He gave me you. He gave me your sister Tegan and everything that we have. It all belongs to God. And that's why we give to the church. That's why we serve. That's why we're at the church so much. That's why we do all these things is because God with the mighty hand saved me, healed me and delivered me. And I believe one day he's gonna do that for my son and for your sons and daughters too, amen? Would you stand with me? You know, people can debate the whole like tithing thing. And I don't have a problem with that. I understand why people would have confusion on it, okay? And it's a legitimate confusion in the Bible. It needs to be taught on it. We will talk about it next week, okay? I promise. But ultimately at the end of the day, the reason why I wanted to have these conversations first is because this is really what it's about is because if Cain had the right attitude first, the right action would have followed. And I'm trying to help us to have the right attitude, like an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of generosity, an attitude that says, God, I work hard. I got what's mine, right? I, I've got that degree. I got that job. I got that promotion, everything I have but yet I give it all back to you. And, and how can I be generous back to you? What can I give? How can I serve? I gotta give my life to you because you've given life to me. Like that's the attitude that we need to have, amen? So if we get the right attitude, then generosity will just naturally start to flow. Yeah, we can talk about the specifics, the nitty gritty of all the tithing if we're supposed to do it and all that stuff. That's great. But man, I just want us to grab hold of this idea and I hope that you're getting it and grasping it, that it's your attitude and your heart that matters most to God. God, I'm grateful for you sending your son Jesus for me. That I was that donkey that needed to be redeemed by the spotless, perfect lamb of God. And when we get the right perspective, it, it just changes everything. So 
let me encourage you. Maybe you've never given to your church before. And this is really for people that call Radical Church your home. Like if this is your first Sunday or you've just been here for a couple weeks, man, I, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking for the people that this is your home, okay? Like this is where you get fed spiritually, this is your community, all that kind of stuff, right? You believe in the mission here and the vision, what we're doing. A lot of people, they get so afraid because they're like, well, I can't do 10%, so I do nothing, right? And I think that's, that's the enemy trying to tell you that, right? It just starts somewhere. Have faith and start somewhere. Believe that God will bless you with the rest of it. Like give your first and best to God and he will bless the rest. I talked last week about the widow that gave the two mites, like the two pennies basically, that's all she had. But man, at that moment, that was her first and best. And Jesus chooses to single her out and says, wow, look what she's done. Not the people that gave the 10,000 or 30,000 or 5,000. He's like, man, this woman gave a couple of pennies, but man, she gave sacrificially and gave everything that she had in that moment. And I believe that there's somebody in here that that's just your first step. It's just to start, start giving something. And last week was so encouraging. Let me tell you, so encouraging because there was more first time givers than we've ever had on a Sunday before, ever before. And what I loved about it, and it sounds backwards, but what I loved about it is that there was, uh, my admin Rachel was telling me about this. She was like, there was so many first time givers and so many of them gave $5, $10, $20. And I was like, yes, they're getting it. And you know, in the, in the church world and pastor, like you might be thinking, well, the pastor would be mad or upset because that's not, there's no way that's a full 10%. I know that's not your 10%, okay? But I know that you're starting, right? Like you're doing something about it. You're understanding that, man, I'm gonna be grateful and generous. I might've never done this before. This is really weird. I've never given to a church. I've never trusted God with my finances, but I'm gonna start today. And man, I love that. I'm so grateful for those of you that are taking that step of faith. And man, God will continue to build your faith to grow and grow and grow to 10% and beyond. Man, I would love to be able to one day give half of my salary back to the church. I would love that. How can I be more generous? What can I give God? How can I serve? Because I'm grateful for what God has done for me. And I hope that you are too, amen? Let me pray for you real quick. Father God, I just ask that you would help us to develop a generous spirit, a generous heart. God, not just to give to the church, but just in general, that we would be generous people. Why? Because you are generous towards us. You gave your son first and only. You sacrificially gave Jesus to us and we did not deserve to be redeemed. We're stuck in our sin. We don't deserve any of what we get, but God, you gave us anyway, your son, Jesus. And we are forever grateful for that. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help to develop that heart within us and help somebody in this room. Maybe you're giving them a specific number that they need to start at. And they're like, oh Lord, I don't know about that. But I pray that you give them faith and boldness to say yes. And Lord, maybe somebody is in this place and they're just like, Lord, I don't really know what's going on. I don't, I've never given to a church. I don't even know what's going on. I'm not a generous person really. I don't really give to those that are in need around me or my family or my friends or people I see. But they're just saying, God, would you help me to have the right attitude? And to be generous, would you help me in this? Give me faith, build my faith, Lord. And I pray you'd help somebody to start somewhere and that you would bless every single person that chooses to be generous in their life with their time, their resources, their finances, and their relationships. 
Lord, I pray that you would give us favor. Lord, I speak jobs in the name of Jesus. I declare that somebody is getting a new job in the name of Jesus when they start to trust you with their finances, Lord. Because your word says when you can trust us with little, then you will give us more. You will give us much. And God, I pray for promotions in the name of Jesus, not for the sake of building our own wealth, but so that we can build the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray for favor over every single family in this room, maybe watching online, that you would bless them abundantly as they give and as they're generous. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, would you give God praise this morning for what he's done? A couple of baptisms, man, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, Miracle Offering is in two weeks. I encourage you just to pray, God, what would you have me to do? How could I be a part of this? Man, you might not feel like it's a lot, but man, if we all work together, I really believe that we can see God do some amazing things on Miracle Offering Sunday on December 10th. Amen? Hey, we'll see you next week. God bless you guys.